This episode of the Aqua Minority is brought to you by GoDaddy. Whether you have a new idea or established business, the key to success online starts with a great donor name. Because we love you, Aqua Misfits, we want to give you 30% off your order. So go to trygodaddy.com backslash Aqua Minority and start ruling the internet. Again, that's trygodaddy.com backslash Aqua Minority. Say 30%. Now let's start the show. I mean, yeah, I think it was like, was it like 1999 VMAs? I don't know what grade I was in. I don't know what grade I was going to. I don't even remember what happened. And I can't tell you anything else that happened that year. I just remember that Diana Ross was fondling little Kim. Because remember, she came to the VMAs with the with the, boob, with the boobs out or whatever. And Diana Ross had to get a feel for it. She was living, Diana Ross was living a dream that night. Because she made everybody childhood. Because we was, we was so used to watching Spice Channel. We know what real boobies look like when they get touched. So shout out Diana Ross. All right. Ready. Welcome to the Aka Minority Podcast, episode 55. I am one of your hosts, Gigi Shuttlesworth, a.k.a. Little Kim. And this week, I'm by myself because... Lady Godiva, again, is working on a secret project that we haven't put out yet, but it's coming soon, so be on the lookout for that. So, again, she won't be joining us. So, I hope I'm the co-host that you like, you love, you love the hate. Goddamn, I'm glad you... No, I'm not going to do that. I was about to That's <laughs> <laughs> Ice Cube. But anyway, but shall I proceed? Yes, indeed, because I'm going to throw shade if I can't get played. Blow you up like the girl in the Armageddon. You can slide on the ice like the escapades and itchy, itchy, yaya with the marmalade. <laughs> who, me? Not you? Oh, yes, who he? No, I'm just playing. Shout out to Lil' Kim, man. If y'all don't know, it's Lil' Kim's birthday. Because she'll whispering in your ear, get you all shook up, but don't blush. Just keep this on the hush. I know you've seen her in the videos, but not seriously. Shout out to Lil' Kim, man. A lot of, a lot of, um, I was thinking about it today. Like, Lil' Kim was one of my favorite rappers, not growing up. Not, not, not even from a rap shit. Like, just, I don't know. I just, like, had this fixation, fixation, fixation with her. Like, which brings me to the first question. This, I wasn't going to do a question this early, but the first question is kind of crazy. Because, uh, not crazy, not bad. My apologies to this young man. But this young man emailed us and he was like, recently I started puberty and my life is changing in many uncomfortable ways. One of those ways is that I find nearly every woman attractive. Is this normal or is this a serious problem? And I feel bad for him because it's like he generally doesn't know. So I was like, man, that'd be a good um, opening question. Because I remember um, me personally, when I was younger, I was very attracted to Little Kim. Especially, I think, you remember the jump off video? You know, they tell me, what's the jump off right here, man? Been gone for a minute now. I'm back with the jump off. Goons in it. Like, yo. That was the video where she had, like, the, with, the, with, the, with her chest out. Because she was leaving. Because, remember, she was leaving in somebody's Ferrari. <laughs> yo, so, the, the jump off and how many licks, man. That shit had me so goddamn. I, I was down there in love with her. So it's like, and I don't, it was just, you know, it, so it's like, when you're first starting puberty, the sign of a boob gets, you know, gets the, gets the, gets the, gets the, um, you know, gets the people going. Shout out to Will Ferrell. It gets the people going. So it's like, you shouldn't feel like this is a, it's not a problem. You're just attracted to women. Congratulations. You are now going to feel this for the rest of your life. And this is probably never going to go away. Like, the more you get older, the more you get more mature, and the more you, you control it. But you're still going to be attracted to women as you get older. Because if you're attracted to them now, then you're attracted to them as you get older. 
So it's gonna be a process where you're just going to learn. Like it's just you're not gonna be attracted to every woman you meet. But you know when you first going through puberty, it's like you never you never felt this felt it before. So now you feel it, and now you don't know what to do with it because it's a it's a new thing. So enjoy it. Don't enjoy it too much because you'll go blind. Yep. <laughs> I, I almost gave him the advice that my mom gave me. My mom my mom told me that if I look at naked women, that I was gonna go blind or some shit like that. And I remember. I, because you're again remember when you're young whatever somebody tell you you're going to think it's true just like people think that mountain dew um makes your dick shrink or some shit weird shit like that or something like that so it's like whatever people tell you so you know it's ingrained in your mind like well my mom said if i see a naked woman then it's gonna be you know you're gonna go blind so of course it's not true because i tested that theory and i ain't gonna trust i ain't go blind at all i still can see <laughs> so it's like it's something so it's like there's something crazy like that but yeah it's totally normal for you to be attracted to all the women to all the women all the women because you're young you as you get older you're not gonna be attracted to all the women so i guess you should enjoy it right now i don't know i should tell i should tell you to use protection because it's not like these young people though the younger this sound like they the more the more on um, the years go on the more in, in tune with sex these young people are so use protection i guess don't because do what you do dog but yeah i remember it used to be little kim britney spears and megan good that was like that was like the one that was like my i like i would have i already married it under them oh my bad my bad sheila e even though me and her got divorced me and her got divorced when i found out she was dating prince i don't know how the hell i didn't know that but yeah so it was sheila e megan good little kim britney spears it was, it was some. It was obviously it was some other people too, but you know, like that was like the main ones. Like I was like, oh my god, like yo. And but little Kim was confusing though, because remember little Kim would go from having like some super big boobs to like some super small ones. But I was young, so I didn't know. I didn't know what the fuck was going on with her body. I just knew I liked her body because she was showing it off so much. Like I didn't. <laughs> so it was like a weird. It was like a weird time for me. It was it was bad, but I I always found it amusing. But yeah, back to Little Kim's rapping ability. But I did a my, man. She was like a rap superhero to me because she could rap and she looked good. Because like all that like all bullshit aside, all her plastic surgery and all she done went through now, she looked like a little China woman right now. But when she was when she was a bad bitch, she was a I don't even use this word, but she was a bad bitch. Like she was a very attractive woman. That's why like I personally do not get. Why she chose to get all this surgery, which is is like wow. Why would you? Why would you? Why would you mess up a beautiful work of art? Because she was a beautiful woman, so it's crazy to see her go through that, like to change her whole body and image and all this other shit. Because she again, she looked good. Like little Kim is not a not to be is not an ugly woman. She's a very beautiful woman. So you know, I had good taste when I was young. <laughs> Megan Good, I used to watch Cousin Skeeter like every day. You see Megan Good. Oh, Felicia Ashad, uh, not uh, Malisha, whatever her name was, the one from In the House. Like it was like her, Debbie Allen, the mama in the house. Yep. So I say all this, okay? <laughs> I say all this just to say to this young man, it's totally fine because I was attracted to like 50 million women. I just can't remember most of them because it was just random women on TV. You just be watching TV like, oh god, the news anchor. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like it's just a, it's just a new experience that your body is going through. But okay. Back to Lil' Kim and her rapping ability. I remember on, um, I forgot, on Suck My Dick. <laughs> which which is another confusing thing. Because Lil' Kim gets to always go, suck, you know, 
<laughs> she said, um, get your own dick. Why you riding mine? So it's like, as a youngster, it's like, wait, whoa. Puffy, hold me down, baby. Only female in the crew. And I hit you. Oh, oh, oh. I used to like, I, I, I like the thuggy thuggy women. <laughs> Yo, I, I used to like the thuggy thuggy women. Because little Kim, little Kim had that line on suck my dick when she was like, <laughs> what, what it was? Come through like bulldozers. We ain't sober. Bum bitches know better than to start shit. Niggas love a niggas love a hard bitch. Like she was describe she was talking about me in that rap. She was like, I know this little boy Javaris like in love with me. Left eye. I was in love with left eye. I remember I met her at my brother's graduation. And like I had like a momentary loss of mind. Faith Evans! Yo, Faith Evans too. Yo, I met I said I used to sit Faith Evans' son, um, I think it was like middle school. Her son was in middle school. He was like in element school, some shit or something like that. Faith Evans used to. Um, I'm not gonna put the team out there, but I remember Faith Evans' son used to play on the same team as my brother, and she used to come to every game and she used to sit next to me. I guess because I was the only person that wasn't like. I guess she felt like oh, I'm sitting next to this child. He really don't know who the fuck I am. Fuck that. I knew Faith Evans, and I still got Faith Evans' number. It's probably not her number anymore because it was the early the early two thousands. Cause she um she was nice enough to enter to this raffle. Like my mom was like making plates or whatever. My mom didn't know what Faith Evans was because my mom don't give a shit about that. You know my mom's more of a Duran Duran human society Led Zeppelin type person. So she knows what fuck Faith Evans was. But when I seen Faith Evans, I ran. I I, I immediately stepped to her like, hey, you know we make these plates or whatever. We are auctioning. You know we doing a little raffle. It's only a dollar. Would you like to enter? And she was like, oh, yeah, sweetie. And then she touched my hand. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm just going to die right now. I'm just going to die right now in this goddamn in this space. So, <laughs> but anyway, so she, um, so we had, you know, in case you won, we put your name down or whatever. She didn't win. We should just get, in, in retrospect, we should just gave her a plate. Because fuck it, it's Faith Evans. Then we could have, like, blew up and, like, we would have had, like, a plate making business. Because it was, like, plates which are, like, you can like give us a picture and we like put the picture on the plate. It was like it was it was really it was really it was really fucking creative. Now to think about it, we should have like made that into a business because then I could be like a multi-millionaire and I <laughs> I'd be a multi-millionaire and I'm not still the hardest nigga here. I don't know. Shout out to Jay Z. Niggas niggas skipping leg day just to run their mouth. <gasps> Yo fuck that. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, I could have been a multi. We could have been a multi-millionaire, still been the hardest nigga here. My mom's like a doctor though, so I don't think she. She, as my mom put it, I'm rich. You're home. You just living. You as she put it when I was younger. I'm rich. You're homeless. I'm just nice enough to get you a home to live in. Okay. So anyway, but anyway, I don't know how I went from that, from little Kim to that, but yeah, little Kim gets to be like. Um, niggas love a hard bitch when they get in a nigga ass quicker than an enema. Make a cat bleed and sprinkle it with. <laughs> she said, "Make a cat bleed and sprinkle it with vinegar." Like <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like she was a bad motherfucker. She just she said she gonna kidnap the senator, make him call his wife, and say he never coming home. Kim got him. Kim got him in the zone, beating they dicks. Even got some of these straight chicks rubbing their tits. <laughs> what? I'm loving this shit, Queen bitch. Like man, little I don't know. Little Kim, I don't know. But yeah, happy birthday to little Kim, because you 
all bullshit aside, and I know you got murdered by Nicki Minaj and all that, but you still a bad motherfucker. I treat you niggas. She treats you niggas like our niggas treat uh, treat her. I was about to say us. No niggas treat me no way because I, I don't. No doubt. <laughs> yo, pussy in my yo. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Little Kim, Little Kim was really. I like. I really liked her raps. She really killed it on Quiet Wanna rumble with the B, huh? Throw an X on the whole family. Just in all black like you know me. Oh! Little Kim. Like, man, it's like when you talk about hip-hop, how can you not include greatness like that? Like, dude, like, all bullshit aside, all, like, Chinese-looking woman aside, she throw an X on your whole family. That's two different rap. That's not even quite strong, but anyway. Just an all-black, like, you know me. I get those those two songs. Somebody should actually mix those two songs, those two verses together, because in my mind, they all get mixed together. I don't know why. Like, uh, like this, like, um, Trust Me Daddy, she mixed, um, Cardi B with some, with some Indian music. Like, Indian, like, the cunt, you know, Indian, like, Indians, you know, like me. You know, cooking mud. It's like, I see. Who lets I tell you? But yeah, that shit is like, that shit was so beautiful. Like, it was the, uh, Cardi, shout out to Cardi B. Cardi B. That, co what is it? Um, co what is it? Black Kodak or Kodak, a Kodak Black or something, whatever the fuck the song's called. You can't fuck with me if you wanted to. These are sensor, these is red, these are bloody shit. Like, I fucks with that song. Like, that's a good song. Like, Cardi B got her hit. Like, Cardi B got her. I thought Ran Down on the Bitch Twice was gonna be the hit that got her out of here, but it kind of sounded like Ran Off on the Plug or whatever. Ran Off on the Plug Twice. You know what I'm saying? So it's something. When you be in that pussy, let me tell you, little boy, when you be in that pussy, you be like, God damn, this is not pussy right here, boy, I tell you, shoot, nigga, nigga, talking about don't want no girl with that wet, wet, nigga, you chicken nugget, what you gonna do with that wet, wet, you chicken nugget? Motherfucker talking about she wanna go full of made me on. She wants some lobster. She wants some shrimp. I said, bitch, you ain't got no pussy like that. You got that dollar menu pussy. Act accordingly. Shit. <laughs> I don't know. This is what happens when I do the podcast by myself. I just, by myself, I just totally just veer off. I don't even know the, what the hell, what did any of this happen? But, yeah, shout out to Cardi, Cardi B, because she got her hit, and I like it. I personally like it. I fucking love it. These are sensor, these are real. Because how can you, honestly, it's like certain, certain people in life, you have to love them. Like, you can tell a person's character by who the people they hate. Because if you hate Cardi B, then that means you just hate yourself. Because Cardi B went from a person, she went from a scripper that was just talking shit on the on Instagram. And people was like, you know, liking it or whatever. Because, you know, it, ugh. Unless, you know, whatever, whatever. It's what, it is what it is. Some of this shit was crazy at first. But then she got together. But it's like, so then... Cause I hate it. I hate the defamation shit. But um, so it goes from that. So she was able to go from being a stripper to being on a reality show into like full on rapping. Because 
most people when they first started trying to rap they suck and it's garbage but her shit is good like red she got red bars the song red bars whatever that's pretty good then she got the um the cardi black the kodak black or whatever the fuck that shit called she she is getting out of here like she i don't like lick i don't like I, looking like i had a lick because it's like because i don't i don't i really hate when like distorted english is used like when it's like you, you kind of pronounce it like it it's weird anyway the song's not good the song well the song i don't actually the song's not bad it's just that hook, it's just a hook i don't know it's kind of like when you hear a good, when you hear a really, really good song, like when you hear Red Bars, you're like, God damn. Like, look at, like, look at this motherfucker. But yeah, it's like, if you meet somebody that don't like Cardi B, like, you, if you meet somebody that don't like Cardi B, then they obviously is just something wrong with them. They don't even have to like the music. I don't think they have to like the music necessarily. I just think if you don't like Cardi B, like, period, then you're something, it's something wrong with you because the woman is just, she just lights up a room. Like, she just seems so fun. Like she just it's honestly nice to just see somebody win in society because you watched her go from being a stripper to now being a rapper doing shows and shit she getting she secure in the bag bag alert so it's like it's amazing to see that and i'm i'm proud of her i'm proud of her like i know her so i'm proud of her to see her that because she out here getting that money like she's out here she's out here doing her dream like she had a dream to be a rapper and she went about it <laughs> so um, so that's really so that's really so that's really good. Speaking of rap, I was watching that um YouTube clip of Waka Flocka and the um and the um, and the sign language woman at the um concert and like he was like jamming with her and the my first thought and I'm not even trying to be funny it's like my first thought was wow if you're deaf why would you go to a concert. And then, then, because I was like, wow, this was a waste of money, blah, blah, blah. But then, then, the more I thought about it, the more it made more sense. It's kind of like if you're deaf and you go to a concert, you possibly could enjoy it more. Because I know me, I really haven't, and I'm not even trying to shit on nobody, but I really haven't experienced the concert from the back of the concert. Because every time I go, I get the media, you know, I get the media pass. I get the, you know, the, v, the VIP shit for, you know, for free. If it's free, it's for me. I never turn it down. I don't be like, nah, I want to be with the people. Hey, fuck that. You telling me that I can get into the pit? I can take some photos. You know, I can take some nice photos for y'all to look at and shit like that. But, yo, so I'm all for that. So I never, I never experienced it from the other part. So, man, that shit, and I can tell you, that shit, be, your ears be bleeding. Like, not bleeding, but it's like it be just all up in your shit, bro. Like, so it's like, it's like maybe deaf people do have the, do have the greatest experience because they get to see the sign, they get to see the sign language like this. She she was kill man. I, I forgot what song go. I think it was hard in the paint or some shit. Yeah, it was hard in the paint. You know, I go hard in the motherfucking paint, nigga. Leg is thinking, nigga. What the fuck you thinking, nigga? I won't die, wanna die. What this shit I said? Brit Squad, broad days, and then see Gucci. That's my motherfucking nigga. I ain't in the trap with no Chris I killer. Rock a flock of flame one hood ass nigga. Yo, that's Benny Cone is my nigga. I hope you got some killers. <laughs> we if it's one thing we love in the suburbs, it's gangster music. Because this is it's a lifestyle that we would never live. But again, we love it to death. Cause I love gangster music. You can't tell me no different. Gangster music is Bible. 
It's not my favorite, but it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite genre of music. No, R&B is my favorite, followed by rock, and then it's rap. But I know more about rap because rap is rap is more of an in-depth experience than rock is. R&B is normally written from emotions that the person doesn't even feel because most of the R&B songs from the '90s is not even written by the person that sing it, so they have no emotional attachment to it. Like Usher's Confections. Usher's Confections Confessions is basically about JD's life. But still it's great music. So it's like rap is the one rap is rap is mostly written by the rappers. Like I know I know Joe Budden or whatever. Whew, that man has his whole like his whole discography is basically like here here it goes. I'm kinda I'm suicidal, my nigga. I done did drugs, I done did dust, I done did it all. I'm gonna kill myself several times. So it's like it's very so it's very emotional. Like if you haven't listened by, by the way, this is like a plea pay us for this plug. But you should go out and get Rage in the Machine. It's out right now, iTunes Joe Button, Rage in the Machine, A Rap Music. You're now listening to A-Rap music. Yo, we need a beat. Yo, A-Rap, how much would it cost? Nigga, that's a beat. You know, Lady Godiva's is Arabic as well, so could we get an Arabic discount? You know, a little discount. We want some A-Rap music. Yo, we'll talk. Like, I know your number. I don't know your number. I don't know. I love when people do that. We're taught, like, you don't even know this person. How the hell are you going to talk? But anyway, what was I even saying? Oh, so yeah. So maybe deaf people do got it better because they can go to the concert, they can relax, but I would never understand why the fuck Stevie Wonder goes to a basketball game and sit front row if you can't see. What the hell's the like you talk about wasting like I wanna be that rich why just why I'm just wasting money because that is that is just throwing the money into the air and just letting it evaporate. You're sitting front row. So now you are a danger to yourself. You are a danger to the basketball players. Because if a ball goes flying towards your face, they, they just got to let that. They, they can't herald their body to save it anymore because you can't hit Stevie Wonder. He wrote, rhythm in the, he wrote a ribbon in the sky for your love. He wrote a whole bunch of hits. How could you? You can't hit Stevie Wonder. Nah, shout out, shout out to Stevie Wonder. I'm just, I'm, it's all jokes. Cause I felt I really felt I really felt shitty about doing. That. I was like, yo, this really, this is really bad. This is really shitty. But it is a joke. But seriously, why the hell are you front row? I'm maybe I'm salty because I can't be front row. I, maybe I can't I can't be close enough to trip a fucking Hawks player. Shit, the Hawks right now. The Hawks don't got nobody on the damn team. Probably no side Dennis Grueler because everybody getting traded and signing with other people. Fuck you, Pop Mills. That no, I was just saying, but. Not. <laughs> Yo, he did leave though. Like, what the fuck? We're in rebuilding mode. Like, the Braves are in rebuilding mode. The Falcons are like our only hope because the dream Angel McCartney is not playing this gear. So it's like the break. Yo, but shout out to the um the Georgia Swarm. The Georgia Swarm won the championship in lacrosse. Everybody listen to this podcast like nigga, what? Fuck y'all, motherfucker. Claim your victories as they come. So shout out to the Georgia Swarm for winning. In lacrosse, y'all are amazing. I don't know nothing about lacrosse. I just know it looks a little lit, and I enjoy it because we win. We got the the Thomas brothers. See, look, look at me, look at me knowing lacrosse and shit. We got the Thomas brothers. They're like lacrosse legacies or whatever legends. They brother. I think they actually they actually played their brother. It's three. We got three lacrosse. We got three Thomas brothers, and they played the the fourth one on the other on some other team. He should have been on our team in Georgia because we spanging that ass. We spanging that ass. Beat them three games. Sweet them. Sweet full game. Sweet through the playoff. 
Who gonna who gonna who gonna check out who? Nah, for real though. The shot to them because I gotta win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> this episode of the Aka Minority Podcast is sponsored by Loot Crate. Now Loot Crate is a monthly prescription is a lo- monthly subscription to the most geekiest things ever. I'm joking. It they're basically you give it. It's a it's a loot crate. It's basically you get a box full of stuff every month. Is it's kind of it varies by the month because it va- it varies by the theme. This theme for this month is the greatest theme of all because the theme for this month is and I quote animation, but not just any animation. It is the animation of all animations. If you know anything about animation, because this month you get. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I said Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. On top of that, you get Rick and Morty. You get Futurama. Futurama. Who doesn't love Futurama? And to top it off, which is the greatest of all time. Like I, y'all know, y'all know me. I'm normally excited about the loot crates, and I talk about them. I tell y'all to get them or whatever. And you know, last month we had um. The alter egos. By the way, they sent they sent some. It was amazing stuff for the alter egos. I probably do. They sent like a Spider Man statue. We had a um a Incredible Hulk bowl. Um, we had a Transformers T shirt. We had some uh, what was the other thing? It was a lot. So it's normally some amazing things in there. But this one, yo, every every loot crate comes with a T shirt. By the way, but this one has Bob's motherfucking burgers. Like. It's an iconic day because I was going to come on here and rant about Bob's Burgers not being on Netflix anymore and Futurama not being on Netflix anymore and how they need to bring both of these back in the immediate future because it's pissing me the fuck off that I can't watch Futurama or Bob's Burgers before I go to sleep at night because they're becoming like a tradition running for me and also my niece Kylie, she loves to watch Bob's Burgers. Like, (laughs) she, she was really young. They thought I was joking. Like, She'd be crying or whatever. Like, just throw on Bob's Burgers. Stop trying to show her this other crap. Like, she want to watch Bob's Burgers. So, they'll put Bob's Burgers on, and she'd be as calm as ever. But Bob's Burgers will also be in this be in this crate. Now, I don't know what they're doing as far as this crate going to be. I just know every loot crate comes with a t-shirt. The items inside the loot crate varies each month. So... I don't know what they're doing for this one, but all I know is I love all forties. I love all forties TV shows, so it's like it's a can't miss. It's a this is the this is the most can't miss month because I think they had a month where it was Star Wars, and I don't really like Star Wars, but I'm like I'm gonna take it. But still, I got that crate, and it turned out being a good one too because the Star Wars is just like a coloring book. So it was a f- nice like a who I don't that was like a whew, that was like some good paper coloring book, but yeah. So, Loot Crate this month, Rick and Morty, I'm probably saying the last name wrong, Rick and Morty, Futurama, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> Bob's Burgers, and also Bob's Burgers is now streaming. All seasons are now streaming on Hulu. So clap your hands in the mu- so throw your hands in the motherfucking air and wave them all around like you just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I am him and him is I. You can't fuck with this. If y'all, if man, this is your first time listening to this podcast, I hope you know that I just quote random raps throughout the podcast. It don't, it don't matter what the hell going on. Rest in peace, the prodigy. <laughs> 
yeah, that was surprising. Like, yelling, 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 But yeah, so, yes, um, <laughs> Bob's Burgers is now on Hulu. It's on Hulu, um, Futurama and American Dad, the Cleveland show and all that sort of stuff. I don't really watch the Cleveland show. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. But that stuff is coming to Hulu. So Hulu is getting those because I guess, I guess, um, 20th Century Fox wants all their TV shows and all that all their TV shows to be on the same streaming service because if you remember um well I guess many projects not Fox anymore but you know like the last man on last man on last man on earth is on there empire is on there so it's like it's a lot of um it's a lot of I think um what is it um Brooklyn Nine Brooklyn Nine 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 One or some shit. I don't know about that show. I heard it's pretty fun. I need to get into it. But so I actually got to get a Hulu subscription. God damn it! Yeah. So <laughs> I've been fighting it for years. I'm not gonna lie to you. I've been fighting it because Hulu has uh, it. Just Hulu just never interested me. I'm not gonna lie to you. Blackish is also on Hulu, but it's like it's like I catch that on TV, bro. So it's like Hulu really haven't really piqued my interest. Um, I remember Hulu had. I used to always like get the free trials for Hulu because they had The Misfits, which is an amazing TV show. It is a British TV show about these about these um Brit about these delinquents that get like superpowers or whatever. It is amazing. Like it's not like corny superpowers. Like they're still like average Joe types. It's amazing that show on Hulu. It's not even Hulu produced, but it's like um it's BBC. It's B, it's a BBC show. Not not Big Black Cops. Mm. That'll be weird. You know, it's a BBC four or is it e or is it an E four? Is it the BBC or E four? I think it's I'm pretty sure it's E four. But um it's an amazing show. You can watch the whole series because the series is over now. It's been over for like a while now. So it's like I haven't even had um so I haven't had the Hulu in a long ass time. Remember whew. So, so you can go check that out. Hulu also does it. Uh, Hulu also actually dis the commercial. You can also get one where it's like um no commercials option because take it from me i hated that because it's like what the hell am i paying you for? what the hell am i paying you for if you're going to show me commercials like if anything the non-free like the free version should have commercials like regular shows then you can make your money back but now you're charging a subscription and then getting money on top of it because when you run ads just like on the show you hear ad they gotta pay for it so it's like what the fuck how dare they but anyway it's like cable. I hate cable. Cable is horrible. You're gonna make me. I pay for cable, then you are gonna show me ass. I the, the, uh, the audacity of these whole niggas. Anyway, so <laughs> so yeah, y'all go in there, y'all check, <laughs> y'all check out the loot. Y'all get the loot crate. The loot crate is chatlootcrate.com backslash. Aqua Minority again. It's chatlootcrate.com backslash Aqua Minority. I don't know why they like these plugs that we do. I don't know why. Because they're not professional. Only only professional one is the GoDaddy. I know I try to keep I always try to keep it together, but I always lose it. But I guess they like they like the authenticity. The uh, the, the authenticity of it. The authenticity of it. Ayy. Shout out to Talise. Tal- she was, I fucked that all. I, I fucked that all the way up, probably. Talise. Talise. I said Talise, right? I don't I don't know. Whatever. We're gonna roll with it. She was on um TMZ Live today talking about talking about that one people them people that I'm not gonna talk about, so I don't even know how the hell I bring that up because I'm not gonna talk about the people. But yo, go on her Instagram 
is me so uncorny and then you can see the clip or whatever because I'm not going to talk about that them people that she was talking about in the clip because fuck that not on this podcast everybody else are talking about y'all whoo anyway <laughs> so HBO shout out to HBO HBO go HBO now HBO anytime anywhere it should be HBO anytime but they'll be like Showtime anytime. Anyway, HBO has an amazing documentary out right now. It's called The Defiant Ones. It tells the story of Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre and how they basically came to know each other. Now, I I, I highly ingest, suggest that y'all check this out because I watched all four episodes back to back to back to back. They're hour long and they're very in-depth. Like, they get into it. Like, I don't want to spoil anything for y'all. So, I'm just going to say you should really check it out. It's really amazing. Jimmy Iovine's start is really amazing. He kept on getting fired. He kept on getting fired everywhere he worked. He kept on getting fired, but a lot of people felt like he had something or just felt like he was a nice like he was a nice person. So every time he get fired somewhere, his um friend would always hook him up with another side, another job. Just just off the strength of being nice. Like I remember he said um he was working somewhere and he got fired on the fifty like the fifty ninth day. He was on the sixty day trial. He got fired on the fifty ninth day. So it's like it was on some bull they fired you on some bullshit, basically. So basically, so yo, so Jimmy, for a lot of y'all don't know Jimmy Iovine. Before he was a record exec, he was actually a music producer. He worked with like YouTube, Kim Fields, um, Bruce Steen. Before he was Bruce Steen, Bruce Steen, Bruce, Bruce Steen, Bruce, Bruce. Before he was actually Bruce, so he worked with Bruce before he was Bruce. He worked with YouTube and Bono was like cool. <sighs> Yo, yeah. So like, <laughs> he worked with Tom Petty. So he worked with a lot of people. So y'all should check that out. But what I really wanted to talk about from the documentary is Snoop fucking Dogg. Snoop Dogg, honestly, hands down, steals the documentary. Like I said, I'm not going to talk about too much about the actual content of the documentary. I will say that D. Barnes is in the documentary. I repeat, they have D. Barnes in the documentary. And Dre and D. Barnes talks about that incident where he did that very rude, bad, unforgettable Thing to her because no man should ever do that to any woman under no circumstance i'm not you know but y'all know what i'm talking about y'all older people know what i'm talking about y'all young people don't know but anyway so i guess i guess i, I can't leave y'all hanging like that because the other topic i definitely wasn't going to talk about that person and that other person and that thing laying that bed but yeah so basically um d barnes and dr dre they used to be cool that was cool it was like you know put your hands up in the air and smack them together that's how cool they were so D. Barnes go to do an um, interview with N.W.A. And it was just after Ice Cube had left the group. You know, no, I don't think no Vaseline didn't just come out just yet. No Vaseline didn't just come out just yet, you know. By the way, this is nothing new. This is all documented. This is something a lot of us historians of hip-hop know. But a lot of our listeners are young, so I want to hip y'all to it or whatever. If y'all don't feel like I'm leaving y'all out in the cold. But, um... You know, this was just at the NWA. I don't think it was, goddamn, I'm glad y'all set it off. Used to be hard. Now you just wet and soft. First, you were down with the AK. Now, see you on TV with Michelle A. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, Ice Cube killed NWA with that. No Vaseline. If you have never heard it, pause this podcast right now and go listen to No Vaseline. Because that is one of the top three hardest disses in the history of America. God, Jesus, damn. Like it goes, it goes. Hit him up, no Vaseline, 
Ether, and then Katy Perry's You're So Gay. A lot of y'all never heard Y'all So Gay. You're so gay. She said, I hope you hang yourself with your H&M scarf while jacking off listening to Mozart. You bitch and moan about LA wishing you was in the ring with Hemingway. You don't eat me and drive electrical cars. You're so indie rock is almost an art. Anyway, basically, it wasn't like the whole concept. I don't know where that was a John Mayer did. I think it was a John Mayer disc, wasn't it? It was basically like you're so gay and you don't even like boys. Like you wear more makeup. Like it's like you're. It's basically like you're a shadow. It's like what's. It was like wasn't calling him gay as in 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 the most literal sense. It was like in the way that we used to use it. Like hey, you're like you know you know. It's a good. It's a good disc. I like the disc. It's not and again. There's no offense to gay people or whatever you know, but anyway. So, so the Barnes was basically interviewing them. She was saying that she was, you know, he was giving them a, the Migos type of interview to Joe Buttons. Like that was very standoffish. Like it's like, damn, we cool, but you y'all kind of acting like y'all kind of like giving me the cold shoulder. So I don't want to tell the whole story, but basically, Dracy's her in the club. And he like yokes her up, like yokes her up and like hits her or whatever, like beats her. Not, I'm not gonna say beats her. He hits her. Cause I, beat hit beat. I don't. He he hits her, which is which is basically the equivalent of a beating, you know. So they talk about that in the documentary. And Doc, you know, Dr. Dre speaks. You know, normally Dr. Dre doesn't never speak on this. It's like something that happens and they try like it never happened. But they had D. Barnes in there, and D. Barnes talks about it, and Dr. Dre talk about it. They don't talk about it in the same room. I imagine they're not friends anymore because if you lay your, if I'm a woman and you lay your hands on me as a man, then I would never speak to you again because you're the scum of the fucking earth. Especially if that woman, what, what, like especially the way he did it. I'm trying to I'm trying to still leave out some shit for when you watch it and you never heard of this story before. You be like, whoa. But yeah, so Dr. Dre talks about it, D. Barnes talks about it. But what I want to talk about is the simple fact that Jimmy Iovine is a gangster. Jimmy Iovine is a gangster. Now, if you don't know, Jimmy Iovine, you know, he got he got really tired of producing. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go I wanna I wanna be a record exec. They're like, why the fuck you want to be a record exec? You make amazing music, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's some good stories. Like, it's some good stories of Jimmy Iovine in there. Like, because most of the stories I already know about Dr. Dre because, you know, we're hip-hop you know, hip -hop historian or whatever. So, it's like, I know, it's like I know a lot about um, Jimmy, but I don't, but it's like a lot of stuff, like that beginning, like some of the beginning stuff about how when he went to California. When he went to California, that's the most funny, that's the most New Yorkish shit I ever heard in my life. You're going to be like, what in the fuck? Unless you're from the North, New York, you'd be like, yo, yo, that's cold, bro. I feel, I feel you, Jimmy. I feel you. But other than that, us, us non-New Yorkers, we're going to be like, really dude like that really happened but anyway it's a good documentary so what i was wanting to talk about is jimmy iveen is a very gangster person because if you remember interscope you know interscope brought in dr drake because first of all interscope's like first signing was um rico suave hey, yeah rico suave you know and did like that was like the, the um the president of like Interscope was like yo he wanted to sign Rico and he wanted it to be our first signing so I had to do something irrational just to throw off the balance to keep people from understanding what we were doing at Interscope so they went out and signed like some group that wore masses and it was basically like a bloodbath band it was weird and it was like the funniest thing about the band is they was like you know what we want to sign with y'all 
just because of how weird we are, y'all sound Rico Suave. Rico Suave. Yo, women love Rico Suave. So, that's a good signing because you get the women to buy the records. But anyway, so anyway, they didn't, they didn't know why they're gangster though. But, um, they brought in Dr. Dre and bringing in Dr. Dre means you bring in every problem that Death Row has. Because Interscope already had Tupac on the label. So, Tupac links up with Dr. Dre. So, now you got Dr. Dre's problems because Dr. Dre has problems because of the N.W.A. shit on top of the things that Suge Knight was doing. And that's another thing they talk about in the documentary is the Source Awards where Suge Knight just basically gets on stage and proclaims war. And you got Nas. You got Nas sitting here like, yo, I was ready for it. Like now, I was like, I was ready for the shits because if you, because if you remember, that, man, two that two I don't know right now how much of it two Nas would ever ever speak of it because of you know God rest the dead. Two pop is dead or whatever. But two pop took Nas's if I ruled the world, remixed it and made troublesome '96. I'm a I'm a menace with territory. He murdered. He murdered Nas on basically his own beat, and you know, and, and, and you know, you know the other shit too. Little nigga named Nas think he lied like me. Somebody left the hospital, took five like me. You know, next time grown folks talking, close your mouth. I take this war shit deeply. You know, so it's like Nas, 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 Tupac, Jay Z, Biggie, because not, Tupac hated Big, they hated Jay Z too. Big lip, big lip, motherfuckers. What? It's his words. <laughs> so you know, so it's like they had this beef, right? And when you think about these beefs, you just think about the people that are in the forefront of it. Like there was like Tupac when they first signed Tupac, he was on some, you know, Brenda's got a baby. Y'all making millions of dollars. Y'all don't care about the hood. They say he was on like some really conscious shit. And it was like just some, some just made this. He said they went. He said he went from being conscious to like the the switch just flipped, <laughs> which is really funny because. Jimmy Iovine also was like friends with Suge Knight. Like, I mean, like his wife was somebody they used to have football games on the week. On every Sunday, he had a football game. Jimmy Iovine, Suge Knight, and the Kennedys was hanging out some of the Sundays. The Kennedys, JFK's family, that them Kennedys. So it's like you got Suge Knight, Jimmy Iovine, and the Kennedys hanging out. And you know, he said, you know, actors and shit just come by. So it's like. You got like he was in the shits, and he knew he was in the shits. Like his wife was talking about how like sometimes like his he would just be in the the bathroom every day because he would just be on the phone with his um with his artist. Like he's it's my the documentary. Like I said, the documentary is amazing, but it's really funny. But it's really funny. Just keep it going. Keep on going back to my point without veering off from my point again. Um, the the beef like the East Coast West Coast beef or whatever. Jimmy was in the middle of it. Like Jimmy Doug Moore, Doug Moore, yeah, Doug Moore is like this. Doug Moore is basically a, a nice little white man. Poor him. I bet you he was stressing. Cause he like, yo, they beefing, we beefing. You know, cause it's like we don't think about the people that's behind the scenes that have to go to war too. Like Jimmy Iovine had to go to like a movie premiere and he'll be wearing like a bulletproof vest under the um under the under his suit because you know. They out to get everybody. Like you in the crew. Like he's in the crew. Like I said, Jimmy was with the shits. Like he was like, they had that. You know, he was like, um, I think Doug Morris was like, we didn't discourage them to be themselves, but damn, you know, 
We were just not trying to fan the flame. You know, it was like we was not going to not let them do them, basically, is what he was saying. He was like, if they if they in war, we in war. Which was the most that's the that's the most dopest fucking life. Like I tell people, if they could die in war, I'm in war. If I'm from it's like if I I'm I'm in war if you at war. You know what I'm saying? If I go to a party with you, it don't even matter if I don't know you that well. If I know you well enough, because you know me, I don't go out. So it's like if I'm, I know you well enough to go to a party and some shit pop off and you involved in it, I got your back no matter what. I'm we. I come to the. I leave with the same people I came to the party with. So if you somebody got a problem with you, you got a problem with me. And that's basically that was basically um, Interscope's um, approach to it and then to add the fuel to the flame you know you know they let nine inch nails have their own record label at interscope and they signed um marilyn manson who made you know who made quote unquote school shooting music so you had the death row you had the death row problems going on with tupac going in and out of jail tupac spitting on cop tupac shooting cop tupac killed two cops and shit like that so it's like you got this shit going on you got the east coast west coast you got the dr drake nwa shit Cause you know Dr. Dre, Easy E and Dr. Dre was going back and back and forth for the longest time. So you got that going on, and then on top of that, you throw in the Marilyn Manson. Like you got the Marilyn Manson problems because Marilyn Manson videos getting banned for MTV. Marilyn Manson doing what the fuck. Like they let Marilyn, which I love, they let Marilyn Manson do what the fuck he wanted to do. We're Interscope in the early '90s was not going to stop your creativity. Whatever you wanted to do, my nigga, by all means do it. Like they had, they had Marilyn Manson's back because Marilyn Manson he makes good music and he also outlandish. But the outlandishness comes with the music sometimes. So. They basically let them be as free as they wanted to be within the scope of just reality, which is so I love it. So I love it. When y'all get a chance, make sure I check out the documentary because I don't want to tell y'all too much. But that's that's honestly just a little bit of it. Like the the 90s, like the Interscope shit. That's a little bit of it. Because <laughs> they got some shit. Um my best favorite my favorite part of the documentary, honestly, is when um Dr. Dre's close associates from when he first started DJing was talking about their group, you know, the, um, the DJ, you know, the Worldwide Wrecking Crew. He was like, man, like the the older dude, the dude that ran the club. He was like, we was getting, he was like, we was getting part of my French. He was like, we getting, we was getting pussy. He said we was some good looking motherfuckers, so pussy was on us. He said, I, he said I was the, he said I was the pian, he said I was the keyboardist in the group. He said I held the keyboard in the group. He said. I, he, he said I was the key. I held the keyboard in the group because I went playing that motherfucker, but I look good. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, because they, cause they basically talking about how Dr. Dre really didn't want to be, you know, he really didn't want to do that, you know, that love of Romeo, Romeo type shit. He wanted to do that hard shit, and they didn't want to do that hard shit because they getting pussy or whatever, you know that. You know, so it's like he didn't want to do it, but it's like he's making, you know, it's kind of like it, you want to make money. So it's kind of like a dude, we we too pretty to be doing this type of I, I love the documentary. They had this one moment where um, Dr. Dre and Easy e are doing the most idiotic thing for a black man ever to do. They're on the free, they're on the, they're riding down the street with paintballs because they was really into paintballs. These fools are shooting shotguns. This man had a shot. Easy, he had a shotgun paintball gun, shooting it out the window at cars. Easy, he lucky he lived as long as he did.
Cause that motherfucker was playing with fire. Him and um him and Dr. Dre. That was like, man, they pulled them over and beat the fuck out. He said they the cops pulled them over and beat the fuck out of them. Which is justified. Which is honestly, I never thought I would say some shit like this. Which is justified because dude, they don't you're shooting shit out the window. You you're aiming guns at people. I'm aiming, I'm aiming automatic guns at nuns. Yeah, they talked about fuck the police. You know, fuck the police. But yeah, it's a it's a it's an amazing documentary. I'm happy to have seen it. I probably gonna watch it a million other times because they got the Eminem, they got Eminem in there. But damn, but yeah, Snoop Dogg. I started this off talking about Snoop Dogg and I didn't get to it. Snoop Dogg is the funniest because Dr. Dre was talking about the L.A. riots, right? The L.A. riots, and he was like, the studio was looking like a fucking swap meet. He told me some, they'll be in there with TVs, DVD, you know, not DVDs, TVs, microwaves, and all kind of shit. And Snoop, then it cuts to Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg was like, hell yeah, I was rioting, man. I was telling DOC, get your ass in the car. We about to go get us some shit. Like, Snoop Dogg is the funniest. He was talking about with um, Jimmy Iovine was trying to get them on the Rolling the cover on the Rolling Stone. And he wanted to be on the cover of the source because he said, man, nobody get no fuck about no Rolling Stone. My niggas don't get no fuck about no Rolling Stone. We trying to be in the motherfucking source, nigga. Da 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 da. You know. <laughs> he said the source is where it's at, motherfucker. Put us on the source. I don't give a fuck about no Rolling Stones. I can't name no motherfucking Rolling Stone. I don't like. Well, it's no motherfucking Rolling Stone, nigga. What the fuck is a Rolling Stone? You know, he's just basically talking all this shit. And then of course the next scene is like boom, where they're on the cover of the, the source. He was like, man, that was the number one selling damn magazine ever or some shit. He was like, every he said like suburban moms and shit know me now for that. He was like, he was like at that time, you know, suburban moms was knowing him and all this other stuff. So he was like, basically, it's a good idea. But yeah, it's a great documentary. They take it from when Dr. Dre gets his start, when um, Jimmy gets his start, and when they meet up and they become this thing, and to, to now, to now, so they talk, they talk about Beats by Dre. Oh! The Beats by Dre, it's so, because again, it's so much in this that I can't even get to all of it. But, the Beats by Dre deal, remember, remember when we all first heard it announced when um we first heard it announced by Tyrese because Tyrese do his Facebook live shit and Tyrese was on Facebook live to some you looking at the first rap billionaire bees nigga put them bees up nigga we making money over here you remember you remember that video and everybody was like what the fuck is Tyrese talking about come to find out Jimmy Iveen had told Dr. Dre have you ever seen you know have you ever seen Goodfellas Godfather, good for Goodfellas, looking at in Goodfellas, he tells him, "Don't wear the mean coat," you know, because in Goodfellas they drug those, they mob, you know, they mobsters. He said, "Don't wear the mean coat. You can get the money." He said, "We get the money, but we don't wear the mean coat. We don't wear the mean coat," which is which means if you're making money and it's illegal, do not flaunt your wealth by any means necessary. You need to be on the most hush, hush operation it is. Like, buy nice, you know, don't look, don't dress like a bum. But don't wear the mink coat. Don't wear the mink coat. Remember, remember that man's is in the club just flex. He had that, the motherfucker, he ain't have a, he ain't have a brown mink coat on or like, you know, uh, he had a white mink coat on. So you just flexing to the highest level of flexing. So he was telling him basically, don't wear the mink coat. So basically, don't don't wear the mean coat. No, tell nobody we working on the deal, Apple. It's almost done, but don't wear the mink coat because it's not done. So, and also that's that's like they go back to. I think Breaking Bad takes a point from that too because in Breaking Bad, if you remember, 
um Gus was like this multi-billion, you know, multi-millionaire type um, drug kingpin, but he drove a station wagon and he went to work at one of his local Polo Locos places every day. So that's kind of like the whole notion of don't wear the mean coat because also Gus's house, if you remember when Jesse went to go have dinner with Gus, it was like a nice moderate house in the sub. It was in the suburbs, but remember he, um, it wasn't like a man. It wasn't a mansion. He didn't. Again, he didn't wear the mink coat because he didn't drive. He drove a station wagon. A person would not have drove a station wagon. You make enough. You got enough money from your chicken businesses. You can have a Benz at least. You know, not. You know what I'm saying? You ain't gotta bling it out. But shit, it's. You know, it's it's. it's, it's, it's you can basically flex on that one. You can basically walk around that one. So basically, he's basically don't wear the mink coat. Don't wear the mink coat. Don't first of all don't sell drugs, period. Don't don't sell drugs, period. But in life, just don't wear the mean coat. You don't need to let everybody know how much money you got. You making money? Cool. That's fine. You doing good? Fantastic. But you don't gotta let everybody know how much money you making, man. You gotta let everybody you gotta let people think you're broke either. I mean, uh, or you can. I mean, however you wanna however you wanna cook your rice, cook it, but don't wear the mean coat. That's how that's how trouble comes. Because either it either comes like when the drug deals, it comes from the simple fact that now the government, the go, the people are like, hey, this nigga ain't got no job. How the fuck he got a? How the fuck he wearing mink? So now you're selling. So now you're selling drugs, and you're also flooding your drug selling in our face. Go lock this nigga up. Cause you remember Al, Al Capone, Al Capone ended up getting getting locked up for fucking tax evasion. He didn't get locked up for the drugs and the killings and all that other stuff. He got locked up for tax evasion for it. So it's like, don't entice, don't entice the problems. Because for one, and just in regular life, I've seen a story and I hate it happened to this woman and it's a sad thing and these people are really scumbags. But this one woman went from being homeless to being like an executive at some business. And she posted like her bank account statement and I think she had like $20,000 in the bank. So these people, which is really weird, not 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 the $20,000 in the bank thing. The really weird thing is these people decide they're going to rob her house. She posted on Facebook her bank statement. So it's her bank statement, not a check. Even then you can't get the check, player. So it's like you robbed her house. Did you think she had a, did you think the bank was located in her house? So you rob her house and you end up killing her and got arrested dead. So it's like it sucks that as a society you can't you can't wear the mean coat no matter what because people are going to be envious of you and see you as a target. Like you're now a target. Which sucks, but again, don't. So it's like if you if you if you making money, that's very good. I'm I'm happy to see shit like that. I'm happy. To, no, nothing makes me happy than to see people being able to make money from doing what they love or just being able to provide for them. Because we all like we all like very nice things. We do we we like we buy our nice things in moderation and all the other stuff. But like a lot of people in society get jealous of you even you, you'll get people that make more money you you make more money than you still be jealous of you like what the fuck <laughs> so it's like you gotta watch so it's like you gotta watch it because i don't want to see none of y'all die from those stupid ass people it's like it's the it's the it's the it's the it's the, it's the safety precautions we have to take i know it sucks you should be able to post whatever the fuck you want to post you should be able to post your whole bank account you know you should post that much money you make a week if you want to That'd be kind of weird. Like, okay, we get it. But still, it's like it's a lot of people lurking. A lot of people just want to kill you. Odd as enough as that sounds. So it's like, don't wear the mean coat. I remember my mom used to always tell us, don't have my don't have my living room window open. Letting people see what we got on. What people letting people see what we got in here. 
or whatever. Like she never had like a um she still on today. She don't have like a TV in her living room, which is which is actually pretty funny because her living when you come when you come to her house it's steps right there so you can't even see the living room it, whatever so it's like but yeah she's always had like so you know people come you know people come to the door or whatever they don't see they can't see what you got so they can't think about robbing you because she always feels which is probably true most of the time people get robbed by people they know somebody that know them or know, some shit like people that know the person that know the person because why would you just rob a random house because you don't know what they got in there so that is that is so I do take I do personally take heed to that. But and what was I even talk? What was I originally talking about? Oh, <laughs> the Beats deal. So the Beats deal. They tell Dre not. They tell Dre don't wear the mean coat. So Dre gets drunk with Tyrese, and I guess he told Tyrese, and Tyrese goes and run his mouth on Facebook, telling everybody that you know Dre is now a multi a multi. You know he's a billionaire. He's a Billy, crook walking, all kind of drunk. Drunk as fuck. Tyrese was drunk as fuck. So then, all the headlines go, Apple's really merging with Beats. Blah, 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 blah. Because Puff, because even shit, Jimmy Iovine was so secret about it. When Puff asked Jimmy about it, Puff, he said he didn't tell Puff anything. Like, Puff was talking about it. And Puff was like, man, I ain't. I was like, he was like, how the fuck you gonna tell me I'm your friend? So it's like, he didn't even, so it's like Jimmy Iovine knew to keep that shit on the hush. Because if it comes out. A, a company like Apple, who deals in deals in secrecy, they could be like, you know what, we don't want this deal. Or you know what they could have did, which is what I'm. I don't actually. I don't care if they would have did it because I didn't get no money from it because I don't have no stake in Beats. Hmm. If they could have been like, you know what, yeah, we wanted to close this deal, but we want you to take a couple. You know, like like they said in the documentary, want you to keep a couple million, take a couple million off for that. You know what I'm saying? Take a couple million off of that. So they could have took a, so they could have made them, they could have renegotiated the whole deal because of them spilling the beans and then put the pressure on Beats to take the deal because Beats, Beats doesn't like, um, Beats doesn't, Beats was amazing, but what Beats wanted to do far beyond Beats because what a lot of people don't realize is Apple Music is actually Beats music because Beats, Wanted to make it so that you had an um, avenue to stream music instantly. So, like, when people talk about Apple Music and you supporting this and that and the third, you actually support Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine. Because that was Jimmy Iovine's and Dr. Dre's vision. iTunes tried, I mean, Apple Music, iTunes tried to do something similar, but it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't have the subscribers. Beats had, like, 75,000 subscribers at that time. Remember, Beats Music had 75,000 or 100,000, 175,000, I think it it was a lot of damn subscribers so you take that as a starting point you take those emails as a starting point then you take apple's capital you got an unstoppable force so it's like that's why beats got sold to apple because jimmy understood that you need more finances to do what you ultimately want to do because you can hang on to it and you can build it up to that point that it can be that thing that you want because the company valued at at 3.2 billion is only valued at 3.2 billion. It doesn't have 3.2 billion in access. It's just worth that amount because that's some that's something that they can hit. So he so he took it, he sold it, you know, him and him and um him and Dr. Drake are still on the board or whatever. Cool. Because you're not going to get rid of Dr. Drake. You're not going to get rid of Jimmy Iovine. So there's two people that are not going to get kicked out of the company. So they were smart enough to know that this company is shit. It's still called Beats by Drake. 
I think most people probably don't even know that Apple owns it. Own a share. I think I think I think Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine still have shares because I, I think because I know LeBron James still does. Mm. But yes, yeah, it's, it's it's really amazing. Like if you're in the marketing, you should really check out the Beats by Dre Apple part where they'll talk about that. And it's I love because I yeah I know I because I know I work in the marketing, so it's like I love shit like that. I, I love marketing at work. Like I, they had my boy Dave and Geffen, and I would love to sit down and have a conversation with him. Not even about marketing, not even about life. I just want to know how are you teaching a morals class, telling them the story of how you got your first job in the record business. I fucking love him. I say this story for another day because it's amazing. And I'm also I was gonna do another Akamel, but after the the we did the puberty one first. But this other Akamel is so long that I, I have it's so long and crazy that I have to save it for Lady Godiva. I have to save it for me and Lady Godiva. I'm just gonna read a first couple sentences of it, and then we're gonna get out of here. Okay, awkward mail. Now it's time for your favorite part of Akamel, where you ask questions and we share some answers if you would like your Akamel feature or you have a question whatever all that blah 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 i'm i'm silly today now because i don't want to get to it it was like so they said this is this is this is this this is titled my brother is basically ruining my mom's life Whew, it's already lit so it goes on wednesday i got from i got home from work early and my mom asked me to help send an email over her phone while we was doing this, she had a phone call come in from a number I didn't recognize. She ignored the call and she didn't really speak on it. Not too long after, this person was sending her threatening messages. Whew. It turns out this person was a drug dealer and my brother had once again made a debt in which he was no way possible of getting out. And he was needed my mom to get out of it for him. The debt was... 666 pounds or some shit like that I get in pound I don't know how much that is in American so <laughs> she tried to plead with them that she doesn't live in the house anymore and can't help them they kept making threats to hurt him and that they, they will be getting the money one way or another my mom was terrified and shaking constantly I told her to ignore the calls in Texas and let them sort it out himself and contact the police if they had if they tried anything else, ooh, snitch alert. <laughs> they said they would arrange a group of 40 people to come over to the house that night and things would get bad for us. They said they would arrange a group of 40 people to come over to the house that night and things would get bad for us. That's why I'm gonna leave y'all. Because this shit is. Uh, this is a heat rock like this is a heat rock that we're going to say that I want me and Lady Godiva to do this together as a family as mommy and daddy I guess you know like we the parents like we y'all pa- I said we y'all parents and feel like we y'all parents gotta tell y'all clean y'all room and shit brush behind your teeth make sure you eat your broccoli clean up behind yourself boy if I take one more time and I was just saying but <laughs> boy if I take one more time let that seat down <laughs> but nah for real like always, thank you for listening to the Arca Minority. This has been another episode, episode 55. Be sure to follow us on all social media. That is Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter. I'm goofy. It's late. So, yeah, we'll catch y'all next week. 
I hope y'all enjoyed this one. The rumblings and bumblings of Jesus Shuttlesworth. Good night. Bye. Mm-hmm.